first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. Peace and blessings, peace and blessings, everyone. Welcome to the Right Authority Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Carr Sr., also known as the KCOG. Why am I here? I am building an intelligent agenda to empower African and indigenous people living in the United States of America toward political control and freedom for their communities. The purpose? To dismantle white supremacy. If you do not understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything and anything you may understand will only confuse you. That is a quote from Nilly Fuller Jr. Tonight, I have a very important interview for our youth. So first thing, please, if you're listening to this, please share this with our youth. Very important. It is time to get organized. Time to get prepared for whatever dangers loom in the future. The reason? America as we knew it is gone. Democracy has failed. The Christian Christian spirit has been breached and the inmates are now running the asylum. America is in a death spiral. We have bad and corrupt government. We have a bad economy driven by the needs for higher profits. Inflation. Again, corporate greed squeezing the consumer for all they can get. That's profits. And it's now been debunked that the supply line issues we were experiencing back last year throughout COVID and 2020, 2021, uh, they were created. Corporate greed created those supply line issues in order to, of course, drive up prices. Now, we will pay on the war. And if you've been paying attention to the war, now we will pay with higher energy prices due to the war, to the Russian invasion. Higher energy prices equals everything else goes up. Everything. There, to this day, is no real public health policies for a pandemic. What you have witnessed was different levels of government fighting over who is going to call the shots on public safety measures. 
Now, I do know some areas have a public safety uh, director or executive or some type, and their job is to look over the public safety. But it seems like when the public safety works with government in order to get the information out, then we have a problem with public safety. Public education is at an all-time low as cookie-cutter students are prepared for corporate America's low-paying, disappearing jobs. In America, now, the small majority, the small, smallest majority can now force their rights over the majority. And white privilege, their individual rights are more important than the rights of the general public. We witnessed that time after time, especially with all the Karens. And the violence that we have in this country is ridiculous. Seriously, y'all. Saw a stat the other day that said there is over 350 million guns on the streets of America. All of them, for the most part, protecting individual rights. Except the rights of African and indigenous people in this country. Our children are so hypnotized by social media, video games, celebrity culture, access, excessive materialism our children do not know the world we live in politically socially or spiritually america is divided very much divided right now by race electoral politics class coronavirus the jab America is so divided, it cannot stand. It cannot. All we need is the right circumstance to happen, and the fuse is lit. So this interview is dedicated to our youth to see the, to see the future and be the future. It is time to awaken the ancestors' revolutionary spirit in each and every one of you. It is time to get, a, to get organized. It is time to get organized. And with that, I'm gonna roll a very special interview. Please share this interview with your youth. Sir, would you go ahead and say hello to the audience? Revolutionary love and black power. Thank you. Thank you. Now, first thing we're going to jump off with, and I'm going to change the order the way I presented it to you earlier. Uh, why don't we first start off talking about your organization and, more importantly, the purpose of your organization. order. Well, my name is General Indigenous I of the Revolutionary Black Panther Party. Uh, our chapter uh, started here in Kansas City in 2015. Um, the chapter, it started with me. Um, we do have a national uh, headquarters uh, that is led by Dr. Ali Muhammad. Uh, you know, 
when we decided to uh, start the chapter here in Kansas City, Missouri, it wasn't it wasn't that cohesive. You know, we wasn't getting that much information uh, from the would-be or so-called headquarters. So what we did was we took the uh, our professional experience, uh, we took my military experience and my ability to write programs um, and saw it as an opportunity to do this on our own. Uh, coming mm-hmm. out of philosophies of the the original Black Panther Party of October 16, 1966, coming out of their philosophies and continuing with that struggle, uh, we say that you know we can look at 2020 and we can look at even uh, today's day, and we can see there's still the same economic hardships. Uh, the communities are still pretty much in the same conditions. The ghettos are still operating like they were when they were first set up, and so you know we we felt like it was important for Kansas City in all cities be it, uh, but more importantly that our city have uh, an organization that provides survival programs mm-hmm. that can solve economic and social hardships of our people. That is great. And uh, I, I heard you said you do follow the uh, the original platform of the original Panthers. And before we get too deep into that, um, there's some Black Panther history that a lot of people don't know about right here in Kansas City. Uh, right. Recently, brother, when I met you, uh, we were at uh, uh, the, uh, was it at the Umoja Caramel or at the uh, Umoja Caramel? Uh, and, and Sister uh, Charlotte O'Neill uh, just happened to be one of the uh, feature speakers at that, at that uh, particular event. And her husband, Pete O'Neill, uh, who was the former chairman of the Kansas City chapter of the Black Panther Party, is still exile in uh, Tanzania. That's correct. All right. So I wanted to make sure we tie that history together with where you are now and where this comes from. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, it, it is for once you see a thing, you can't unsee it. Right. And once you recognize that your people are being oppressed, there's no once you identify with the words fascism and oligarchy and autocrat and dictatorship, once in capitalism, once you understand these words, you understand what is systemically happening to our people. I don't care who wants to deny that. If this is just the empirical truth. Right. And so Pete O'Neill saw it. He saw uh, the, the kids walking out of Central, walking down the highway with Bruce R. Watkins. He was a witness to the aftermath of uh, the assassination of uh, uh, Malcolm X and Dr. King. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, he saw this. He saw the economic exploitation. Dr. King said it best. He said the three evils in today's society mm-hmm. is racist, economic exploitation, and militarism of police. And we still have all three of those evils in today's society. And so, you know, when we look back over the framework of of where we come from as a people, as a nation of people, then we have to now pay attention to the organizations or the organizing uh, or the collection of people. What what was that? What vehicle was that? And when I took a look at uh, what footsteps or what framework uh, I wanted to follow, the 10-point program and the Black Panther Party had everything that our people needed to be uplifted. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so that that is the purpose of us coming forward with the revolutionary Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. And we say revolutionary because revolutionary by definition means a dramatic change. True. And so we're really we're recognizing where we come from, but we're not trying to befall the same perils either. Very, very well done. Now I, I'm dying to get to my other questions, but uh, I, I gotta um uh, I, I really got to get you to get a little bit more into your politics because you, you've already given me a sign of where you're at. Okay? Yeah. And I want people to understand uh, the traditional radical black left because uh, it never comes into the public conversation. Nobody wants to go there. That's right. You see what That's I'm saying? Right. Well, yes, I see we're at a point where we have no place else to go. We got to go there. That's right. All right. And with that, I'm going to let you take it from there. Yeah. I mean, if everybody is watching what is playing out in Ukraine, 
because they've identified themselves as a nation. Now, everybody knows that if you look at that map, you can see Russia all day. All day. But people that identify themselves as nationalists, right, and call their plight a human rights violation. They never called themselves civil. They never said this was a civil rights violation. No. Nope. They're not recognizing themselves as a former part of Russia. But we all know what's going on. And so when we look at the state of black people and we say, well, why can we watch the U.N.? or NATO talk about human rights violations like they've not been watching us for the last several hundred years. <laughs> in a certain politic that enslaved them, right? So we got the Democrats and the Republicans of 2022, but if we fast, if we if we just backtrack just a little bit, they were the they were the union and the confederate. Mm-hmm. Right? They had a compromise. And what was the compromise? How they were going to treat black people. It went from legal segregation to segregation de jour, segregation by jurisdiction. There you go. So the politics that we're finding ourselves in, uh, we're the political football, as Malcolm would say. Mm-hmm. You know, you, between the Democrats and the Republicans. Well, the Panther itself is a, is a political symbol. Mm-hmm. And we take this down to Lowndes County with Kwame Touré. Mm-hmm. When those black people down there were organizing themselves and saying, okay, now we have a black agenda. And if we have no black politician, the white politician is only going to be elected by our census uh, by them meeting certain or all of our criteria, or we just don't vote. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I that we look at a two-party system, and when we talk about parties, we're talking about a war. War is conflict between two or more parties. And so if you have a Republican Party and a Democratic Party, and you have black people sitting outside of both of those parties, well, black people need to get together and create that party. So what do we do with the Black Panther Party? The Black Panther Party created a social and political structure. The political side says, okay, well, we need to get into politics, but we wasn't telling anybody to vote for Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. We were saying that the Communist Party USA, mm-hmm. this gets you Gus Davis and the Angela Hall, right? So when they were on the presidential ballots and things like that, we were pulling the country to the middle, right? Or pulling it away from where it started. Right. Because it was with the first through the 12th amendments, and they never... We keep talking about the 13th, 14th, and 15th. We keep arguing about those, but because they're operating off the first twin. <laughs> right? We need a new reconstruction period. So what are we assembled for? For a revolutionary change. We are assembled for the revolution. Just like the American Revolution, the Chinese Revolution, the Russian Revolution, whoever you want revolution. We understand what it is and what it is that comes out of that. But how do we wake the people up to realize it's time to revolt? The, the the example that I live by, and I and I say we truly stand on our praxis. And Dr. Huey P. Newton would always tell Chairman Bobby Seale that our people learn best by participation and observation, right? And I got and I gotta believe the best of our people because we've done it before, and there's nothing new under the sun. So the how may be the question, right? Mm-hmm. But we have the ability. There's no doubt about that, right? The how right. might might come up a few times in a collective session but you know what i'm saying we still dare to struggle dare to win so we still gotta you know what i mean like we still gotta get the answer to that question until it no longer disturbs our sleep at night and i think that it really just comes up with everybody doing their part just being a super organism don't don't hate on the panthers because they're not doing a certain thing liberating the people in the way that you would want to panthers don't hate on the you know whoever organization the the, the new black panther party because they're not organized, da 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 da. Whatever they are doing good, maximize on that. You understand what I'm saying? So right. you tell them, hey brother, hey sisters, hey organization, you are doing good, but I think that you're bit off more than you can shoot. Mm. Also, then we got to get our people following a certain philosophy. Without philosophy, you can't be a freedom fighter, period. There you you go. can have the heart, but that's all it's ever going to be. Never, nobody's ever going to see it. If you don't have philosophy that accompanies discipline, and you are lost out here. So when you mention, okay, some of these organizations, the, the Black Panther, the new Black Panther, the old, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what they have to understand is there was study and investigation that led to the progress that the party made. Not the people alone. The study mm-hmm. investigation of the people. Mm-hmm. Alone. And so that's what, that's what we stand on. So we have a 70-day probationary period, which our, our recruits go through. And in that 70 days, they read quotations by mouth. They read uh, Black Skin, White Math by France Fanon. Mm-hmm. Uh, third phase, we go through political education. We bring in a local politician because we are registered lobbyists. 
And so when we say politics, when we say social, when we say economics, we're involved in it. We're actually a company. But when the chairman said, you can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution, mm-hmm. we took that, that we needed to incorporate ourselves. So when you come after us, you're coming after members, and not only members, but you're coming after employees. Wow, that's, that's, um, that's really um, ingenious. That's really good thinking. So you did learn from the past. I got a couple of things I'm going to throw at you real quick because you hit some good ones, brother. Uh, Discipline. That is one thing I heard you say that has to be something you learn from past experience. Yes, sir. Uh, Which is very good. Uh, The black agenda. Uh, People forgot we were building a black agenda and it was when we got well, uh, when we got totally destroyed in the 60s and 70s and we got flipped over into the me generation and going to work and putting down, you know, the revolution and, and everything. Because I tell everybody this story. Um, I, I'm almost 70 years old. So when I came out of high school it was 70, 1971. In 1971, when I graduated, I had an afro. I, I had the black medallion and the beads I was wearing around my neck. By the time we got to 1979, all of a sudden Negroes want to dress disco. Turtlenecks and and uh, um, um, bell-bottom pants and uh, uh, elephant leg pants or whatever, platform shoes, uh, outrageous elf. I mean, we just lost, or they just took, and I have a, um, a lot of philosophy behind that because I see the 60s as the area, the, the real era of crisis for the black community. Now, you said, well, if the 60s was, was a real era of a crisis, what do you call the 80s and 90s? Well, that was the second wave of crisis among our people. But to get this back on point, bro, by the time the 80s rolled around, the Afros were gone. We were now perming our hair. Then we went into the Jerry Curl, and we just forgot our cultural identity. We forgot everything we were struggling for. We just left it. Uh, So... I'm, I'm going to pick it back up from there because one of the things I have done on my program is the first thing I told them is I am going to apologize for the generation that came behind me because our generation didn't continue the struggle. And I really can't blame it on my parents' generation fully. But it kind of started there after the uh, king was assassinated. That's right. It kind of started there for their generation. They just kind of knew at that point, it ain't going nowhere, not like this. And them young boys over there with them rifles, they're going to get themselves shot. My mother would not allow me to join the Black Panther Party. And I had a Black Panther that lived, that lived two doors down from me. <laughs> So I had to sit out the revolution when I was a young man, but I, I began to study and learn on my own, and particularly after I uh, started college, uh, I began to really find our culture, and that's where I linked up with the um, Kansas City chapter of the Black United Front is during my, uh, when I went to college the second time and I was serious about it, you know. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get the conversation back on point. My whole point over that is that the black agenda has been forgotten. We don't... Identity has been forgotten. Our identity, our culture has been our forgotten. Culture. And so when people, you know, when they think about our culture, uh, they take it back to the 1600s, you know what I mean? 1619 to be more uh, profound. And I would say that anyone who identifies with that identifies as African hyphen American. You know what I mean? And that's a very dangerous construct because now that says that you bought in to the American dream, not the American reality, but the dream. The dream. And 
America is is a social experiment. So now you 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 have an identity that was stolen from you that but did you reclaimed it. But now you have this as W. E. B. Du Bois would put it, a double identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now you're an African and an American, and so you're calling yourself an African American. That only gets you into the civil rights struggle, right. not the struggle. So there's a black struggle and there's a Negro struggle, mm. right? And when we say black, we say black for the sake of nationalism, mm-hmm. right? We say black because of that politic thing, the black code, and that sort of thing. That meant everybody, mm-hmm. right? And so when we when we are buying into this whole African American thing. We are married to our oppressor. I hyphenate my last name, or if I marry a, a sister and she doesn't want to let go of her roots, she's going to hyphenate her name and add mines to it. But that denotes property. So when you say African American, knowing full well that ain't no American ever left Africa, <laughs> then what? you are. I mean, you just messed up, and what? we just got to keep it. We just got to keep it all the way right there. Well you know said, bro. Your history starts with the slave ships. It don't even start with the drums. Mm. It doesn't start with frequency. It doesn't start with healing powers. You know what I mean? A written world history. And so it get, it gives you it gets you into this construct of eugenics. Yes. Which you know drafted in fifteen twelve by Francis Galton, Charles Darwin, and I forget the third white man thing, but it was a white master plan. Mm-hmm. And we're buying right into this master plan when we identify ourselves as Afro American, Negro or anything of the sort. And if you don't want to say that you're black, at least claim that you're indigenous because there were people before a country was called America. That's true. That's true. Now you said a mouthful. Let me uh, back up on a couple of things uh, real quick. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that you look at the good and not all the bad of the other organization. That's great. So that tells me there's not a lot of bad blood out there. No. Second of all, uh, I'm familiar with the New Black Panther Party because Khalil Muhammad, of course, was the head of that organization before he passed. Uh, Malik Zulu Shabazz, though, is getting some sideways glances from the uh, Black Liberation community. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of chatter. And what you know, what's going on with the new Black Panther Party, and it, and it happens, right? It happens uh, in our family. So, like when the matriarch in a Black family dies, mm-hmm. the family falls apart. You know, nobody speaks to each other as much as they used to. Right. So we, we lost some of the the parents. You know what I mean? The originals. Mm-hmm. To the, and so what you had was people coming along and just doing their very best. And this this will happen uh, when you're organizing yourself. But we have to like organize ourselves and learn our way out of this sort of thing someone intentionally just like uh president Zelensky of ukraine no no putin said uh president of uh, Zelensky of ukraine he said that america made sure that we never became friends but they made they they wasted no time making sure that we were enemies mm. right and so that's the same thing with our people. If, if I created a, a prison industrial complex, or if I fluorinated your water, or I put metals in your water, or if I put you into a situation where, you know, you looking at across troops, like that's your dream, that's the American dream. And so that puts you into that American nightmare category. That's, that's your reality, right? right? And so when I think about things like that, then you have to understand by design, our people are bred to think like this when we talk about slavery in the plantations it wasn't just indigo tobacco and things it was breeding that's why it took 400 years to destroy the the, the mind of the people mm-hmm. so we really like when we look at our people we got to say that that that's our brother that's our sister but that person has a white mask on, right because right. if they have a black mask on just like king tut when you go and see him in the egyptian museums and things like that his statue is triple black because he came out of the triple blackness of a woman's womb mm. now he understands that when we see him we know that our people talk exo and esoterically two meanings duality right so mm. he look at him in a triple black knowing he wasn't that black but it, it represented symbolized that if you have black skin you must have a black soul mm-hmm. right? and so if we are not identifying that we are speaking or dealing with someone with a black skin and also has a black soul, then we cannot treat them like that. 
The um, main reason I prefer to drop the American because I never felt I was American, not when you have a history that we have in this country. Uh, I've never felt American. Uh, The reason I prefer to use the word African because it puts us in a world community. That's right. And I think we have to start thinking more on a world community level. Because, uh, let's be honest, brother, if, if, if this country goes south on us, we got to have some allies. Right. Okay? We just got to get them back. Like I said, you know, we just forgot. It, it, what we have in us is in us, brother. I got to believe that. What we have in us is in us. We just got to wake it up. You know what I mean? You got to activate melanin. You know what I mean? There are people that come before us that, that brings us certain frequencies and certain hopes. Just like... Marcus Messiah Garvey would always say, he said, there's not a problem of being a leader among black people except for one. When you die as the leader or assassinated as the leader, who will come after you? There you so go. when I go back and I watch uh, the old news clips of the time that Malcolm was assassinated and Dr. King was assassinated, I look at uh, radio stations like KPRS, Sparta Cat, you know what I mean? And I hear what the DJs were saying at the time. They're saying, go in the house. Don't be outside. Don't get caught by those National Guard. Look what the government did to a giant. If they can do that to Dr. King, what are they going to do to you? And that scared people. Now we got to take that back to the plantation mm-hmm. where, the, where the kid was next to the mom or the son was next to the mom. And the mom was teaching her son how to fear the white man. Because if the son didn't fear the white man, the, the woman was going to get raped in front of her son. Mm-hmm. So he's going to beat him down psychologically. So any given way, you got to beat down black people. That's what you're going to do. You're going to tell them that they beat up. You're going to tell them that, you know, they're a fleet with no potential. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll get into this. Nice segue. The fleet theory. What people believe about themselves. Now, we know that fleas can jump. If they were our size, can jump from here to Hawaii if they needed to. Mm-hmm. Right? Scientists can put fleas in a jar and put a lid on top of the jar because they know the older fleas know their potential. So the older fleas that have... They get tired of hitting their head against the jar. They begin to procreate. They teach the younger fleas not to jump up so high because there's a lid up there. Mm-hmm. They all die. So when they all die, there's a younger generation of fleas now in this jar. Now the scientists can come by and take the lid off. And now you got nothing but in a jar, dead old fleas and new fleas that don't know they got their potential. Mm. You know what I mean? And so this is where we are at in the American experiment. This is where we're at in the American construct. We are fleas that can jump from here to Hawaii or here to our homeland, but we are limited because of what we were taught by our our foreparents before they left. Well said. So get you into the thing where why ain't nobody in the 90s that was born in the 90s? Why can't nine out of 10 people tell you where their great great grandparents came from? Mm-hmm. Why they tell you that in the summer we get in grandpa and grandma's truck or van and we go down south and we visit our families? Brother, I can tell you're you're very well read and you're very well educated. Uh, could we give a little background on your education? Absolutely. And uh, I'm one of those individuals that uh, I don't, it's not braggadocious. And uh, I met individuals that were in tribes like the Dogon, mm-hmm. who college or anything like that, but knew about a, a burnt out star system before NASA could find it. Right? <laughs> and so... Uh, I, I just want to say that uh, I'm a student of history. Uh, I, I did study at the University of South Carolina. Uh, I was in the military as a nuclear medical specialist, uh, ranger medic. Um, my background is in mental and behavioral health. Uh, so when we talk about uh, crisis, uh, uh, mental and behavioral health crisis, um, I worked with ETOS and the Department of Mental Health and the state of Missouri to try to determine uh, what crisis was between urgent and emergent. Um, I've written several programs for the likes of Cornerstones of Care in uh, a, a lot of other organizations. But, you know, that's that's the thing that I do. But I'm a, I have my degree in history. Uh, my third undergraduate is in, is in history, uh, African-American history with a minor in African history. But I say that to say this. I learned nothing that I talked about tonight in my collegiate or my traditional or parochial studies. Everything that I've learned, uh, it came after uh, those institutions ended. Black power, brother, and that's the truth. Same thing here. Black power. Same thing here.
Got a couple of more things I'm going to throw at you uh, real quick. Um, first of all, I saw Bobby Seals on a Zoom meeting several years ago. And then it's like he dropped off the radar. Is he still around? Yes. Bobby Seals still around. And I mean, when you talked about Mama T, uh-huh. she, when she was, before she came to Kansas City, she was in Oakland. And her, Bobby, uh, all the, gee, Elaine, uh, everybody was around each other. Everybody that would, could be around each other in Oakland was around each other. So the chairman, you know, he actually did reach out to me. Well, I reached out to him. And then he responded back uh, to me uh, that he recognized the work that was being done here in Kansas City. And this was also around the time where we were being called the model chapter of all Black Panther Party chapters. Right, because we do have the philosophy, we have a complete infrastructure. Um, this thing is solid. You know, we we don't have anything that's antiquated, so you just don't come into this party and get a patch. You understand what that thing is, and you you earn it, uh, and so nobody can take it from you again. Fantastic. Right? Uh, so we we have a complete infrastructure. Uh, we have a, a certain we have a discipline. Uh, we do have a practice, a philosophy. Uh, we have policy. We have procedures. Like I said, we have a full infrastructure. All of the programs that were a part of each chapter back in the 60s, 70s, 60s and 70s, I want to go into the 80s, um, are still around today. And I understand that each chapter had over 60 programs. We have the capability of having 60 programs, but we don't find it necessary to have those programs now. So we have revolutionary theory. So your question was, how do you engage the people? How do you get out there and spread this message? Mm-hmm. We have revolutionary theory, so we invite the public in. Every Wednesday and first and third Thursday, we teach revolutionary theory. Again, that first phase is quotations by mouth. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the communists. We're going to talk about a capitalist society, a feudalist system. We're going to talk about all of that stuff. You know what I mean? We're going to read about the Chinese revolution and what they learned about liberating themselves through that. And then we get into France Fanon. France Fanon said, well, Mao is Chinese. And uh, uh, Marx and Lenin are white men. Mm-hmm. You know, Vladimir Lenin is a Russian. You know what I'm saying? So what does that got to do with being black? So those philosophies, yeah, they may work, but they were not colonized. So Franz Fanon teaches us about the colonized versus colonizer relationship and the uh, cycle, uh, cycle of analytical effects that it plays on black people. Mm-hmm. So why argue with each other about what's black, what's African-American, what's Negro, I'm this, I'm that. Why do we do that? It's a part of the social studies experiment, the American social studies experiment. And then we get into political education because we have to understand that we were enslaved politically, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to remain enslaved politically until we change things politically, right? Because emancipation truly means, by definition, freedom from religious, civil, and social restriction. <laughs> I don't see a single black person in America emancipated. Not one. <laughs> and to struggle means to make a force or a violent effort to get free of a restraint or a restriction. So if I said emancipation meant that we have no restrictions, but we noticed that we have civil and social and religious restrictions, then we were never emancipated. Someone lied. Mm. And we continue to rebel. Not riot. because rebel. That's We rebel because we're black. That's right. And we always have. Now, you uh, mentioned that you have some military career, uh, ex-military. Absolutely. And one of the things I got to bring to you, because uh, a lot of people jumped me on Facebook when the um, after the uh, January 6th Capitol insurrection. Uh-huh. A lot of people jumped me because I showed a picture of the guy that was in all black jumping over the rail that had the police uh, uh, cuffs, the, uh, uh, what do you call those darn things? The nylon cuffs, you know, the uh, uh, flex cuffs. Flex cuffs. Now, as soon as I saw the flex cuffs, I said, that's Popo. People yeah. said, no, man, no, you, you know, no, that's not police, man. You can buy those anywhere. And it's like, are you out of your mind? You cannot buy those anywhere. Where have you walked in? What hardware store did you walk in and you were able to purchase 
flex cuffs. That is not an item you buy at Home Depot. I mean, you can, uh, but to your point, that's not what was going on at that particular point. Uh, and I would hope that I also our, our people paid attention to that. See, so when when these Eurocentric people felt like they were losing rights in a country that they set up. Mm-hmm. Hell, see, they wrote a Declaration of Independence. That was a that was something that these poor white people Yankees was sitting up in their cabins under some candlelight crying. <laughs> saying that you know this older group of Englishmen are not representing us right but they're taxing us so while we remain poor they remain rich and so we want our independence and we're, they didn't ask for no civil rights Mm-mm. they got straight up human rights there you go you know what I mean and so the, the same thing so we learned that from the American Revolution and when we say that we're proletarian that we that we recognize that we are the working class. That's right. There's no working class in America. What is America? Mm-hmm. It's not a flag. It's a banner. It's a banner of antiquity and commerce. Antiquity, old commerce, money, old money. What old money? Based on the production of linen and cotton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So your dollar is still represented and backed by the production of linen and cotton. Mm. And Mm-mm. We, we don't get it but but that's my point exactly we found out now that they've done the investigation that there was even though that picture was in an ex, ex-cop there were active police there that was among the insura- insurrectionists that's right. and there was ex-military there they had a scene as the military team snaked its way up the steps of the capitol that's right that's right. And, and so it, it happens a lot. I mean, in the military before like Katrina happened, I remember that there were guardian sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there will be these models of rooftops, but you know, these rooftops were be were to be simulated like they were underwater. So it was almost like this mass training event that was going to happen on an area of uh, America that was flooded. And then we got the breaching of the the, the dams in, in, in New Orleans and all of that type of thing. And I say that because nothing happens in America that wasn't planned for. There you right? go. And America has never started never started a war that it ended. And so its first war was against indigenous and African peoples. It never ended. It's called a civil war. But who was the civil war between? The North and the South. It had nothing to do with black people. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. Um uh, there was a plot during the um, 1930s that, um, and I'm, I'm bringing this out so people know what kind of people we're working with here. Um, uh, let's see, 1933, there was a, pl- a plot that came out that Major General uh, Smitley Butler um, was involved in. Now, as the heat started to get turned up because there were whispers, he was involved in this plot, and they approached him, uh, meaning Secret Service and all them, approached him concerning this plot, he decided to come clean. He was in touch with people who were organizing veterans to fight to form a regiment I don't know how many is in a regiment because that was never in the military yeah to form a regiment regiment that would be headed by General uh, Butler so and again this is for reference as to what kind of people we're working with within this country and the importance of what we saw on January 6th. That was the first tale that this country was getting ready to blow. Okay? That was the first tale. Now with that, and the work that you're doing, is there an attraction to your organization as well for ex-police? I said ex-police, not active police. Ex-police and ex-military. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and, and I mean, you know, you got to look. I mean, we got to go through history. We're students of history, so uh, I think that if, when we think about like groups like the Black Guerrilla Family, the Black Guerrilla Army, the Black Panther Party, uh, SAC Twenty, uh, when we think about organizations like that, uh, even motorcycle clubs, most of those individuals in there are fire service, mm-hmm. like, and it is those people uh, that will watch the news watch the news and, and see something wrong you know what i mean with the way that people were being treated by the police when they think that they're soldiers or they're dressed like in a military way they call themselves paramilitary mm-hmm. and when we went to iraq or went to afghanistan or went wherever then we couldn't even treat the guy the enemy like that you know what i mean and so there there was hell to pay but we come back home and you know, like I said, you ain't got to be back in the Harlem Hellraisers period of time. You can come home in 20, you could have came home in 2021 or 2020 as a, a black soldier and seen that your people were being killed here. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And had a problem with being in the military. That's a very, that, that's the hallmark of a, 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 a colonist. Mm-hmm. So and make you go fight other people that look like you. You know what I mean? That's, so ab- that's, that's absolutely correct. A colonizer. There you go. And we got to understand, a colonizer is going to what? Colonize. You're going to colonize. So we got to deal with where we're at. Uh, real quick, you had mentioned the chairman several times. Now, are you talking about the chairman of your organization or Chairman Fred Hampton, Hampton Jr.? Uh, my favorite guy, Chairman Fred Hampton Sr. Uh, Fred Hampton Jr., we're hoping to bring him to Kansas City. Uh, pretty soon, I don't want to spoil no surprises or anything like that. Uh, but we are definitely working uh, with some uh, citizens here in Kansas City, influential citizens, uh, to make Juneteenth a, a success. Um, and so we're bringing in uh, some pretty notable speakers. And so it gets back into your other question about how do we direct our people into the right limelight? Mm-hmm. It's going out and do the grassroots work. You know what I mean? It shouldn't. I shouldn't hear as a commander. I shouldn't hear as a panther. From anybody in the city that I didn't even know that there was a Kansas City Black Panther Party chapter here. You know what I mean? We have to do the grassroots work, so we're going to do that. Okay. Uh, we did the warming center. We are on 18th and Vine. We're bringing programs to Kansas City throughout the summer, throughout the fall, throughout the winter. We're 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 consistently working. But we're also networking with other chapters and forming other chapters in other cities across the United States. So if we don't have enough people in any one city to do something, we have multiple people in multiple cities that we can converge on one city, right? So we're we're expanding now. So I'm not just talking about a local revolution. I'm talking about a national revolution. And I'm talking about from a national revolution to an international revolution. So we got people overseas that we're linking up with. You know, we have over 80 chapters. And I'm not talking about just the ones here in the United States. My deal is to bring everybody to the table. I don't care who doesn't get along with who at this table. Everybody is here to work at this table. If we find out that you are an enemy to the people we have a certain way as Panthers and gorillas of dealing with you, mm. right? But there is gonna be consequences now. You know what I mean? You're not gonna ruin our neighborhoods and things like that because too many things have gone on unchecked. Tell the truth, bro, the black power. Yeah, Black Power, we are going to put things in check. And this is not hyperbole. This ain't blowing smoke up nobody. It's here. I'm not telling you anything that ain't here already. I'm not talking about the stuff that's coming. I'm talking about the stuff that we've already put in place. That's the good news. Got, them, got themselves together on on our behalf. We showed up. The, uh, the Park Hill School District is getting their act together. The Raytown School District is getting their act together. Wherever we find systemic racism, economic exploitation, social degradation, we're going to be there. Talk about that thing at Park Hill. Yeah, so there were a couple of things that happened. Park Hill has a, uh, a very long history, long-standing history of systemic racism, be it their students, be it their staff, what have you. So 2015, after this uh, white boy walks into Reverend Pickney's church and assassinates not only him, but his parishioners. Mm-hmm. The very next day, a white student goes to school with a Confederate flag hanging off the back of his truck. Now, I'm told he wasn't the only student. We fast forward two, three years later. We got students at a volleyball game wearing racial unity shirts when the principal 
or the volleyball coach runs onto the court and demands they remove racial unity shirts. We fast forward to last year when we heard that there were students that had over 100 signatures on a petition to bring back slavery. Okay, that happened. Now we go to last month where a black student, Saeed Moses, was uh, was talked down to, he was belittled, uh, berated uh, by a white teacher, a white colonial Yankee teacher. And that black student stood up for himself and not only stood up for himself, he spoke for his people and he was suspended. Now we heard it was over a hundred days when we were in contact with the superintendent, the principals and things like that, you know, we found that not to be true, but what we did find to be true was that they hadn't done anything since the last time we came up here. So they understood. Uh, we are going to work with the students. We are demanding that every uh, school district incorporate a black student union at every grade level. We're not waiting until they get into high school because your social experiment would have took root by then. We want the kids learning their true history and place in present day society as stated in the fifth point of our program. We want education that teaches our kids their true place in present day society. And we want true education that exposes the true nature of this decadence in American society. So that's what we're asking for. And if we don't get it, we're not going to the, the board meetings anymore. We believe in power to the people. What is power? Power by definition, again, because we, we are people of word, people of action. So power by definition is the ability to affect the change or outcome of something at the individual or faculty. Mm-hmm. So that we're, when we say black power, we're saying we are black and we have the ability to change you and your system if it does not work for us, right? So mm-hmm. this means that we're going to take the students out of your school. We're going to organize them just like we did in 64 and 65 and organize a walkout. So Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, Omaha, Nebraska, and Chicago, Illinois all worked together in the 60s to walk out of school. So now this opportunity is coming back around. Like I said, we got to be students of history. So now we can organize ourselves and we say, okay, well, what did Dr. King say was the most effective tool against a capitalist? Economic withdrawal. So no students in seat means no teacher get paid. No student in seat means no funding for the district. No funding for the district means you have no power. I like it. But I hope the black students are are smart enough to know this is the time to stick together. That's right. You got to do that in mass. But parents got to show up. Yeah. Those kids are going to do what adults tell them to do. Yeah. I organized myself as a 15-year-old junior in high school, sophomore, junior high school, and I tried to walk out the door, and I got a security guard telling me I can't leave the school building. I'm not going to leave the school building, but if I got parents standing outside, then that child is coming outside, then that's power. Kids can't do it by themselves. So these kids were in a gym protesting for several days on their own. My question was, why did your parents drop you off? There you go. Parents got to get to work. You know the real deal, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> you know the real deal. But look, General, I got one more question for you, and this is going to be a tough one. Let's get it. All right. What the hell's up with Grandmaster Jay? I don't know, brother. I think, you know what I mean? It, I think he was well intended. I think that uh, power, uh, like Jimi Hendrix said, when the power of love takes over the love of power. <laughs> That's uh, it in a nutshell. And uh, <laughs> is the organization in good hands? Because I heard their second in command is also out. So when we talk about an organization, we're just talking about people assembled for a collective idea. So they're not too far. So for like, you know, say like a freedom fighter like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know several NFAC members. I've talked to Grandmaster. I've, I've talked to him. Uh, I've had words with him, this and that and the third. And we've, we've not always agreed, right? And this is a family talk, so we can, we can, we can say this. And I have nothing bad to say about someone who involved themselves 
as much as he did because he didn't have to. None of us have to. True. So when any, anybody steps up, I don't care in what facts they do it in, you're going to make mistakes. Right? Um, I can't doubt him. You know what I'm saying? Because he dared that struggle. You know what I mean? It ended up pigeonholing himself, but that was because he didn't keep good people around him. I don't have, like, you know, we don't, we don't, his rank and all of that went to his head. Right. I only rank to remind me of what my responsibility is to the people. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm. that's what those stars mean. And that's what rank on anybody in this chapter, it, that's what that means. We have an upside that the people come first. The people are at the top. You know what I'm saying? So, that's how we do it and, and anybody who like I said it's dangerous to be a freedom fighter without philosophy you have nothing to fall on you have nothing to stand on you know what I mean and Grandmaster J as well studied as he could or should be it didn't come out in practice so there was no discipline no discipline that, that whole thing was well look I, I agree with you because when he first came on the scene and I first got wind of him I thought he had woof I, I thought that was a really bold move, especially in Stone Mountain. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I got you. We got to give him credit. And as uh, as students of Mao, again, this is our philosophy. We have a certain way of handling contradictions among the people, mm-hmm. and certain ways of handling contradictions outside of the fold of the people. And so, you know, it, it'll never be my place or my part. Uh, you know, as Maoist, we say to uh, criticize one's shortcomings is necessary, but to do so without wholeheartedly wanting to uplift them is like going over to stand with the enemy. And so when I speak about Grandmaster Jay, uh, Ali Muhammad, I want the best for those brothers. I want them to wake the hell up and understand that you join for one reason, for whatever reason, you've diverted your energy. Right. right? And you are now derailing the damn movement. Right. Right. Ever, whoever can learn from that because we can all learn and uh, benefit from wise counsel and I don't think that we have that around us I think in the case of like uh, Grandmaster Jay he was only able to listen to himself mm-hmm. you know what I mean like, counsel was in the mirror and right. that, 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 that counsel back that feedback was him looking in the mirror and receiving the word that he was giving himself right and I'm yeah. not going to get too hard on it brother but I did yeah. notice and why I asked the question was yeah. because I noticed that the brother kept putting himself in the limelight. Yeah. And it's like, brother, you don't do it that way. And you don't dress up for Halloween. What? And if you're not a soldier, like Langston Hughes knew, he couldn't shoot a damn weapon. So what did he do? He picked up a pen and started coining points. There you okay? go. Uh, James Baldwin. You ain't never heard of James Baldwin swinging on nobody. Mm-mm. But what he did for the revolution was powerful. Right. Not everybody. Emory Douglas, Drew, the artist. You ain't never seen Emory with a tam on and glasses and a letter jacket. Mm-hmm. Art was his thing. That was his thing in the revolution. So I say everybody needs to stay in their lane. Not everybody's a soldier. Not everybody. Not everybody. And I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's why I do what what I do. Formation walking in the middle of the street, and then they take a knee in the middle of the street like they're taking defense positions. I'm asking myself as a military man. What the hell is going on? You were about to get everybody out there killed. Mm-hmm. If the KKK did want to show up at Stone Mountain, they would have had a field day. So I, I, I like the optics of everything, right? But that's just people holding weapons. That's not saying that people that's know how to use those weapons, or if something actually breaks out, there's actually going to be some tactical advantage that you have, something that was already worked out. All I see is people walk, walking into formation because ain't nothing being pressed upon them. I actually heard at one of their other um, formational showings, there was an accidental accidental shooting. Well, it wasn't a shooting. It was just, well, it was a shooting. One of his people shot themselves. Uh, and that was the same incident uh, around the same time that Grandmaster Day got in trouble for taking the uh, double barrel AR-15 and using the flashlight on it to look up on the roof where police spotters were. And that's why he got in trouble. But yeah, I, but you got to, you know, as Maoist again, because we have philosophy, without investigation and study, you have no right to speak. You know what I mean? And so, without any true investment, we're not marching anywhere. That's number one. We don't march. We demonstrate. That That's number one. Mm-hmm. And so, when we say that we're demonstrating, that's damn sure not demonstrating. So, you can demonstrate or you can demonstrate. 
And when you demonstrate, you are leading the people to falsely struggle under false pretenses of a struggle. Right. And so when we demonstrate, we're giving people philosophy. We're giving people the the, the points of reference where you can go and look up this information yourself and, and process it on your own. Or you can come into our fold with us and we can build together. We can have a meeting of the minds. This is one of this is the most enlightening conversation I had with uh a brother in a very long time, General. Um, um, we're approaching uh, 54 minutes on our conversation. And, I, I mean, I enjoy it. We could probably talk another 30. But, hey, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to you tonight because I got a wife waiting for me. Yes, sir. So, uh, we will pick this up again. But before we wrap this up, you said your your Wednesday uh, classes are at what time and what location? All right. So, we give it out on Zoom. Uh, I can share this, the Zoom link is out on our Instagram page. If you go to KC Black Panther Party on Instagram, if you go to Revolutionary Black Panther Party on Facebook, um, you'll see the links on there, but it is via Zoom. Uh, so anybody who needs the link, uh, just send me a text. I'll gladly send you the link at 816-775-2530. But this Wednesday, we're starting with Prance Benign, Black Skin, White Mask. So I encourage anybody who wants to uh, attend the class to go ahead and order the book. It's very cheap on Amazon. Again, that's Black Skin, White Mask. A doctoral dissertation by Dr. Prince Fanon. Yeah, and it's pretty good. It's a good read. It's better than Wretched of the Earth. That's right. <laughs> Lord, I couldn't get through that book. <laughs> but anyway, General. Yes, sir. Thank you again for your time. Uh, wow. We will stay in touch with you, brother. Uh, and uh, I'm old, but I can still come out and maneuver. That's right. All right. That's right. That's right. So uh, I'm looking for an opportunity to, to meet up with you and uh, your crew and to go from there. All right. Well, it's a date, brother. I appreciate this. It's, it's been a, an opportunity that I'll never forget, and I'm humbled and honored that you would ask me to come on your podcast. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, man, without a doubt. See, I, I'm all about the revolution and building a real agenda. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm about, brother. So with that said... Black power to you, and I look forward to talking with you and brotherhood with you again. Absolutely. Well, all love, brother, and power to people. All love, brother. Have a good one. I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up right here and sign off. I really appreciate uh, the interview with uh, with the general um, it was a pleasure and, a, and an honor to sit down with someone who is like minded and also understand uh, the politics of this country uh so, um, please do all that you can to support this organization. He gave you the information there at the end. Support this organization. Uh, we need as many young people to be involved with this organization, especially the online classes on Wednesdays. And do keep in mind that, uh, I will stay in touch with this organization and continue uh, to bring you messages from these brothers and sisters and the work that they are doing in our community. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Peace and blessings to everyone. Don't forget, uh, you can get this uh, podcast at www.therightauthority.com. Please sign up for email, subscribe, and if you can, buy a brother a cup of coffee while you're there, okay? Appreciate it. Do keep in mind the funding that comes in on this program goes to support 
four other programs. Okay, the Malcolm X Memorial Foundation, blackpowermedia.org. One more time, blackpowermedia.org. Um, Black, Pet, uh, Black Panther Veterans and the Kansas City chapter of the Black United Front. Uh, I support those organizations, so any funds coming in to those organizations will be routed uh, to support, coming in to me, I'm sorry, let me say that correctly. Any funds coming in to me will be routed to those organizations. Peace and blessings, everyone. Uh, continue, again, subscribe. Uh, subscribe via email or just hit the subscribe notification you can get the rss feed uh sent right to your email all you gotta do is click on it and you can hear the program so please do that and peace and blessings all have a great evening i'm out of here <laughs>